You're listening to the New Life Church Podcast, where we are passionate about helping you connect to your God-given purpose. To learn more about New Life Church, including our service times in Canton, Georgia, visit us online at newlifecanton.com. Next Sunday, I'm going to be finishing, concluding our series in Ecclesiastes. I had, remember I told you that it was going to be three weeks and I decided to do four. So I'm going to finish that next Sunday. And I know it's Labor Day. It's Labor Day weekend. So all I know to tell you is you're going to have to cancel your plans, whatever they were, cancel the trip and just stay because... Anyway, um, we do want you here. If you're in the, if you're here, and maybe maybe you come to the early service that day, and then go to the mountains or the lake or whatever. Of course, we have online. But I am excited about finishing that series uh, next week and hearing Solomon's conclusion after all the the talk we had the last three weeks. So today, though, we are so blessed and honored to have Bishop Tom Madden. He is the uh, overseer, the state overseer for the churches of God, our denomination, all over North Georgia. And I found out there's 260 Church of God churches in North Georgia, which keeps him on his toes and very busy. And I asked him to come and be with us today. And I know there's different opinions about denominations, whether you should be independent or be a part of one or whatever. And, uh, and there's no denomination that's perfect. And we're not perfect. Amen? I thought I'd get a little more agreement on that. But here's, here's the deal. We can do a lot more connected and partnered with people than we can alone. And I'm telling you, we're a part of the church of God because of relationships in ministry. And, and one of the biggest is our world missions relationship. I've told you about going to Germany to teach at the European Theological Seminary. Well, that's a church of God institution. I would not have had that opportunity. Coleman Bailey. How many remember Coleman? It was on the stage here just a few weeks ago. Today, he's back on the field. Well, guess what? We would not have that relationship if it were not because of actually specifically with, with Bishop Madden through him. And we have been supporting him. We've been giving money towards that. In a few weeks, myself, Pastor Brandon, and JR, our professional sound, or not sound cameraman, we're going to be traveling to where he is in the DR Congo in Africa and making a documentary of his work there. And that would never have been possible outside of the church of God. Can we praise God for that? Amen. So it's a partnership in relationships and ministry. And today we are honored to have uh, one of the leaders in that denomination with us. Um, I've connected with him years and years ago, and he didn't even know it. Found out 30 years ago. Anybody ever heard of Winterfest at the Church of God Winterfest in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, years ago, and then in Knoxville, Tennessee? Well, that's his. That's his baby. That's his. That was his vision many, many years ago, on the cutting edge. And because of Winterfest, thousands. Thousands of young people came to Christ and are continuing to come to the Lord and being called, even called into the ministry. And so that is the level of, of vision. That's the level of leadership who we have here with us today. And so I want us to give uh, Brother Madden a new life welcome as he comes this morning to bring the word of God. Well, good morning. About 50%. Good morning. Okay, right. You're going to talk back to me or it's going to be a long day, okay? Long lunch. What a delight and a privilege to be here at New Life this morning. 
and uh, to be a part of this fellowship. I already had one great service this morning. The, the sanctuary almost full and again this morning. And uh, what a privilege to be here. As he shared just a moment ago, I, I, I get the privilege to oversee about 260 churches. And believe me, what a treated, they're not all like this. These guys know, okay, these guys know. They're not all like this. And so to come here this morning where there is just life, where the Spirit of God is moving, it is just a privilege and it is a treat and it is an honor for me to be able to be here with you. Now, I keep up with you every week. Uh, it's a blessing or a curse. You can just pick, you know, but uh, Facebook and all of that, I do, I do keep up with you. And what I know is the Spirit of God is moving here. The Spirit of God is touching this house. And uh, thinking in between services today, I think the first time I had the opportunity to meet with Pastor Malloy was and sharing with me his experience of coming here. There is, there is a difference in an appointment and an assignment. It's a big difference. I make appointments that I pray are assignments. And it's up to that individual many times that, 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 to make that distinction. But there are times when you know that God sovereignly has for you an assignment. And I remembered this morning and sharing that in between services. I know this is an assignment for them. And the oil that is flowing doesn't flow up from the bottom. It flows from the top down. And I'm just thankful for them, what God's doing here. And I honor you, respect you. And I know that God is blessing this house tremendously. And to be, yeah, you need, yeah, absolutely. And to, and, and to be connected in our fellowship with other pastors and leaders and the kids. I've known them a long time. It's great. And I share uh, the same sentiments with pastor. And look, our church is not perfect. This is all I've ever known. Church of God, my dad was a minister, passed away just a couple of weeks ago. And this is all we've ever known. I'll make a deal with you. You find the perfect church, give me a call. Give me a call. I'm going with you. I will be there with you in a heartbeat. But as he said, we share together. Uh, he shared a moment ago about, about Coleman Bailey. Coleman is, and I talked to Coleman this week. Found he was here a couple of days ago. He was in the Ukraine earlier in the week. And he texted me yesterday and said, you got a minute to talk. And I said, sure. So I called him and it's like, you know, where's the where's Waldo thing? Where in the world is Coleman? You know, that's what I said. I said, where in the world are you? He said, I'm in Kenya. And how he got back to Kenya, I'll never, you know, just he's all over the place. But i tell you how we got connected. He just came to my office about six years ago to connect with me because I'm the new guy on the block. And what connected me to him was an orphanage in Nairobi, Kenya that we had been to a number of times that he was on his way to that orphanage. And from that, uh, God just united our hearts together. We began to talk about things. And here's what I found about the Lord. We always look for burning bush moments, handwriting on the wall moments. And uh, the Winterfest that God allowed me to be a part of, there was no handwriting on the wall. There were no burning bush. It was just an ordinary day that God moved in and started moving. 
don't discredit every day that you get up of what God is going to birth in you that day. He will use you on the ordinary days to do something extraordinary. And so Coleman and I, we've just developed a great relationship. We're working on something. I didn't announce this early this morning, but uh, we just finished this past summer a thing called C2, something, uh, another thing that I believe the Lord's given me for the, the latter part of my journey. It's called Global Connections. Connections to the Great Commission is what it is. And we took um, young adults, 18 to 30, and we spent three weeks together in formation, spiritual formation. They feel called to ministry. We put them in different situations. We're going to do that again next year. We're probably going to have a weekend of young adults where we come together and hear from people like Bill Wilson in New York, Coleman and others. Then we're going to spend two weeks together, spiritual formation, discipleship, and then we're going to go on a missions trip with Coleman somewhere in the world. One of the greatest concerns that I have right now is raising up sons and daughters to find their place in the kingdom. And I believe that is the, I don't believe, I know that is the assignment of God on my life for the next, however, how long he allows me to do it. So if you're, you fit that category, you're going to hear more about it. I want you to be a part of that. Come and be with us next spring. Now I want to share something with you this morning. Now don't get nervous. These are not snakes. Okay. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thank God for that. I'm Pentecostal, but I'm not that Pentecostal, all right? <laughs> Share a funny story. We've got a little more time in this funny story. Uh, years ago when I was doing the Winterfest in Knoxville, Jensen Franklin, he, he would always come. I invited him to come. And, and he always liked to do these illustrated messages, you know? So he called one year and said, hey, he said, I'm bringing a python. <laughs> okay. Problem was, he, the python he was bringing, he couldn't find. Yeah, it couldn't come or something. And so he wanted us to find a python. He calls the day before, hey, find a, hey, I need a python from a sermon. Oh, sure, Jensen. We got hundreds of them everywhere, man. We'll just whip you one out. Here's the backstory. The arena manager of Thompson Bowling Arena at University of Tennessee where we met, he was a nice guy, but he's just an arena manager. They have everything come in, every concert you can think of, just rent the place out. And he, you know, here comes a bunch of Pentecostal, spirit-filled, great worship like what you had here today. Wonderful, terrific. And, you know, worshiping God, he didn't see that much. He didn't see it at all. So here we come in, and, and, and he looked at us real skeptical, and he just looked at me and said, look, I, it, it took a while to gain his trust. And he said, look, I don't care what you do. But he said, the minute you bring the snakes in here, I'm out of here. So here we go. We found one miraculously. One of the people working, uh, hanging the lights and stuff for that, in that big arena. Yeah, I got one. I'll bring it tomorrow night. I, I fed him yesterday. He'll be all right. That's the way he talked. So in my mind, I'm going, I got to tell Tim. He was the arena manager. I was just saying, I, I got to tell him, I can, I remember, just don't bring snakes in here. Just don't bring snakes in here. So we, I met him beside the stage. I said, look, 
you know, you've heard Jensen. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Well, it's an illustrated message. He's got a snake. He's got a python. And he just looked at me, and I can't tell you all that he said. He said, when it, I, I'll be in my office. You let me know when it's over. So don't worry today, it's not snakes. Stand with me, please. Let's read God's word. I want to share a quick word, hopefully this morning, with you. In Luke chapter 19, the pandemic hit. The Holy Spirit just began to speak to me about this. And I wrestled, wrestled with the Lord about it. The story of Zacchaeus. I just began to ask, Zacchaeus, what? I think I know that story. <laughs> and you know how the Holy Spirit, you know, this, this is a living book. It's not like a novel that you read through at one time and you got it all. No, this book continues to speak. It's the Logos word, but it is also the Rhema word that the Holy Spirit brings life into it and continues to bring revelation. So let's read it. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be with the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And Father, we thank you this morning for your word, life-giving word. I pray you would help us in these next few moments. Let it be strong. Let it accomplish the purpose for which it will be spoken. Help us this morning to see you afresh and anew. A new revelation of you. You are speaking in the world today. You're speaking to the church today corporately. And you're speaking to the people individually. And help us in this story this morning that we'll hear what Zacchaeus did and we'll respond accordingly that we might see you in this hour. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Now before you sit down, I do have eyes in the back of my head. And I can see you. And some of you have not smiled since you walked in this place. So turn to them and say the title of my message, just go climb a tree. I grew up singing, like many of you, singing this song in Sunday school. And back in those days, we didn't have children's church. We just came to the main sanctuary and went for it. But Zacchaeus was a... And a... He climbed up in the... For the Lord he wanted to see. Zacchaeus 
was a tax collector for the Roman Empire. Think about it. He worked for the Internal Revenue Service for the Roman Empire. You think he had friends? You think anybody wanted to go to lunch with him? Everybody hated him. In fact, in Scripture, they were always accusing Jesus of something, trying to catch him finding fault. The Bible says, though, one time they had Jesus right. They accused him, and they were right in their accusations because it says about him that Jesus went to the home of sinners and tax collectors. He was lumped with sinners. Now, I must confess to you, I was not comforted the other day to learn we're gonna have 80,000 more Zacchaeuses in America. That, that didn't do a lot for me. They got a job, I know what the scripture says, I pay my taxes, I don't cheat, but it didn't make me, I don't enjoy it. Let me put it to you that way. I don't look forward to April 15th, but I do what I gotta do. But people did not like him. People didn't wanna be around him. And Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem where he would be crucified, where he would look over the city and he would weep over the city because of their unbelief. The Bible tells us that Zacchaeus hears that Jesus is coming through Jericho. He hears something. He hears of of this man, Jesus, what he had done, lives that he had changed, miracles that had been performed by this man. And the crowd had gathered to see him. And there was something inside of Zacchaeus, something in his heart that said, I want to see this man. I want to see what all of this is about. And I submit to you this morning that it was just more than just hearing the news that a popular figure was coming. It was nothing more, brothers and sisters, but the Holy Spirit that was speaking to the life of Zacchaeus who was saying, here is a man coming that can change your life. Here is a man coming that can satisfy the emptiness of your soul. Yes, you're a tax collector and and you're in the lowest of society. But here comes a man, the Holy Spirit is saying to him, who can change all of that, who can give your life purpose and give your life meaning. And Zacchaeus wanted to see him, but Zacchaeus had a problem. Zacchaeus had an issue. The Bible said that Zacchaeus was short. How's he going to see this man when the crowd is massive? When the crowd is huge, how's he going to look over and see this Jesus, let alone have an opportunity to meet with him that that his life might can be changed? Now, let's put this in perspective. There have been times, you know, uh, uh, how many of you have You've had kids and grandkids that you want to take to Disney World. Yeah, you've done that. We've all done that. We've all lived to tell about the horror of that experience. (laughs) It's 90 degrees. It's 100% humidity. And you're pushing a stroller and every baby's crying. The diaper's dirty. Where do you go change the diaper? And it's just misery and you're bankrupt when it's over. 
But there's one moment. If you can get to the parade where your children and your grandchildren can see all the characters. But there's one problem coming down Main Street. Everybody's going to be there at 3 o'clock. And you better get there early and stake your claim. And if you don't, you got a problem with your kid or your grandchild seeing Mickey and Minnie as they come for that quick little glimpse. And if you don't get there early and stake your claim, if you don't get there and spread yourself out as far as you can spread yourself out, you get pushed out and your grandchild can't get up there to see Mickey and Minnie and you've just blown the whole thing. It's a similar situation. The crowd is there to see Jesus. How in the world is Zacchaeus going to overcome his issue? Brothers and sisters, every one of us, including myself this morning, as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, Jesus is coming. He is, come on. He is coming back to this earth in great power. There is going to be a rapture of the church and we are going home. And I believe with all of my heart, it is at the door. There's nothing else left to be fulfilled in this book that will prohibit Jesus from coming. But here's what I also believe. I refuse to believe that the church that he shed his blood for that he gave his life for is going out in a weak moment. I believe the greatest days for the church, I believe the greatest days of signs and miracles and wonders are yet to come. I believe the church is going to be triumphant. I believe, listen, God is not worried about what's going on in the news today. He didn't get nervous this morning by whatever brand of news you wanted to fill your mind with. CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, he's not worried about it. He didn't have to take a Prozac to deal with it. He is God. He is comfortable. Listen. He is very comfortably seated on the throne this morning. He sees the end from its very beginning and we don't have to worry about it because our life is in him. We don't have to be afraid of the future. Come on, put your hands together. But I believe the best days for the church are yet to come. And who is he going to? He can do anything, but how does he do it? After he spoke in the very beginning, he spoke the world into existence. After that, he used people, people like you, people like me, people of faith who did supernatural miracles that he got all the glory. And what I believe is going to happen, he's going to use people like you and me to declare his glory. And people are going to come to Jesus Christ and see him do miracles in their life also. Do you believe that this morning? Put your hands together. But Zacchaeus had an issue. He was short. You and I have issues. I have issues. There are people who will tell you I have issues. <laughs> I have family who will tell you I have issues. None of them are here today. That's okay. But your issue will do one of two things. To press through to see the Lord as was Zacchaeus. 
You'll do one of two things. You will say, this is too big. Why bother? Why press through the issue? I can't get to him. He doesn't see me. He doesn't care. He really doesn't know what's going on in my life. And when you hear those voices, understand that those voices are the voices of the enemy. Because when you get out of here, you won't hear the praise and worship team. You, you won't feel the strength of, of the corporate worship as we're together. There are many times that you will be alone. And the only thing you will hear will be the deafening voice of the enemy. When it tells you that God doesn't care where you are, this book is not true. Let me tell you, it is in those moments that you're poised for a breakthrough. That if you will just push through your issue. Push through your crisis. You're on the verge of seeing God do something great and strong in your life. You will either push through your issue or you will reposition yourself to see the Lord. And what Zacchaeus did in this story is Zacchaeus was willing to push through his issue, to push through what was going on in his life that he would see Jesus. Here's what I believe is going on in the world today. We just, we're, we're in a time of repositioning. Now, God did not cause COVID. He didn't cause it. Our God is a good God. He is a perfect God. He is not the author of death. He is not the author of destruction. But he will allow things to come into the earth. He will allow evil things to come into the earth that his purposes might be fulfilled. That's, that's what the Apostle Paul was telling us, even in Corinthians. Because the Bible says that when the enemy crucified him, when the enemy whipped Jesus, when he put the stripes upon his back, the Bible tells us that with his stripes we're healed. Had Satan had the revelation that when he whipped Jesus that we were being healed, he never would have done it. Had Satan had the revelation when he placed a crown of thorns upon his head and crucified him that Jesus was taking the sin of the world, he never would have done it. If Satan had had the revelation that three days later after he killed this man Jesus, after he crucified him, that Jesus would come out of the grave with the keys of death, hell, and the grave, he never would have done it. But because of it, we're alive today what I believe is happening you see the first thing that happened was what what got repositioned the whole world got repositioned the entertainment industry got repositioned and what had happened was all those things we allowed those things to come in that blocked our view of Jesus now I'm a football fan. I love sports. And uh, here's what we do in the South. Coming up, starting next week. Just had to mention that. Next Saturday, here's what will happen in the South. It's our culture. We'll watch football on Saturday. Oh, we will watch football on Saturday. We're going to talk about it all week long. We're going to watch it on Saturday, hip, hip, hooray, and I'm a football fan, and then we'll come to church on Sunday, maybe. 
Next week, we're going to do it all again. We're going to do it all the way through December. We're going to do it all the way through January. We talk football. We watch football. And then on, it's just a cultural thing. We watch football Saturday. We come to church on Sunday. Well, what happened with COVID? Boom. It all shuts down. The entertainment industry. Not only that, but the, the governments have shaken the financial situation of the world has been shaken and it is still shaking today. Let me tell you something. Don't ever think that God is not in charge. Don't ever think that he is not ruling the world. He can shut this thing down in a moment and let the world know that he is God. But what he is allowing to happen on the face of the globe today, he is allowing everything to be repositioned, to get the mind of the, of the people of God and the world of God in place for an end time move of his spirit. But here's what has to happen. It's an issue, a repositioning issue taking place on the earth. And Zacchaeus though wanted to see Jesus. So what did he do? He took action. He was not content to get a passing glimpse of him. He said, no, I want to see all of him. I want a full view picture of Jesus. So what did he do? The Bible says he climbed a tree. The desire to see him, he pressed through his issue to see the full glimpse of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I don't know where you are. I have served God since I was six years of age. When I was six, the Holy Spirit drew me to him and I saw him. When I was a teenager, leaving high school and going to college to play football. I saw him again. And my issue, I didn't, I didn't want to do this. But the Holy Spirit, I saw Jesus again. Other times in my adult life, I saw Jesus again. Here's what the Holy Spirit is saying to me today. Even though I might be the administrative bishop of North Georgia, he's not impressed with my title. He's not impressed with how long that I have served him or whatever I have done. The key for me today, I hear the Holy Spirit saying to me, reposition yourself again that you would see a fresh dimension of me in your life because I want to do more in your life to come than I have done in the past. I believe with all of my heart, the latter of my life is going to be greater than the former. Why? Because I'm ready to push through all the issues and see him again. I believe that today. I believe that today. So what did Zacchaeus do? He saw him because he climbed a tree. Really what it was, was an act of humility. He humbled himself to climb a tree. Think of what he had to do. I mean, you climbed a tree lately? No. No. Why? It hurts. You scrape yourself. You tear your clothes. You bleed. Not only that, the crowd was going to look at him. Look at the little tax collector. He's short. Look at the, <laughs> they were going to laugh at him, no doubt. But he pressed through. It was an act of humility. Let me tell you, when you humble yourself before God,
Here's one of the greatest problems in America today. Here it is. This is one of my pet peeves. Facebook. I'll scroll over here. Yep. It's all about me. Look who I'm eating dinner with. Look where I'm at. Who cares? Eat your hamburger and go home. But it's all about me. It's my world. No, it's not. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. The kingdom of God is not just about you. It is about God. It is about his honor. It is about his glory. Let me tell you something. Even coming in here is not about you. Well, I didn't like the song today. I didn't like the preaching today. Let me, it's not about you. It is about God. It is about his kingdom. It is about his honor. It's about his glory. And when we come and we humble ourselves before him, you draw nigh to him. He will draw nigh to you. I promise you, humility is like perfume that attracts God to you. He will never resist himself from you when you humble yourself before him. Come to him in humility. And then the second thing, Zacchaeus saw Jesus, but Jesus saw Yes. Nowhere in scripture, nowhere do we see that they knew each other before this encounter and nowhere after this and he goes to his home do we see that they ever talked again. And if you miss everything I've said today, hear this. Jesus looked in the tree after he humbled himself Zacchaeus saw Jesus. Jesus looked in the tree and called him by his name. I don't know what you brought in the door. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I want you to know this. He knows your name. He knows your name. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows where the family is. He knows where your children are. And the Bible says he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. When you come, he knows where you are and he will send grace and he will send mercy that will give you strength and give victory and peace in your life and turn it around. Because here's what the Bible said. He turned his life around. He said, Zacchaeus, get down. I believe that's just what he said. It's my story, my sermon. I preach it like I want to. Get down. Hey, let's go eat, bro. Let's go. And it was a turnaround moment for Zacchaeus because the Bible said, I mean, Zacchaeus said, Lord, if I cheated anybody, I'll pay them back four times the amount. 
you know that's a miracle. The IRS paying you four times. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It don't work that way. We know that was a miracle. Here's what Zacchaeus got by repositioning himself to see the Lord. Jesus came to his house. He had fellowship with Jesus. There it is. There it is. Thank God that we can come into this place and we can feel the presence of the Lord. But let me tell you, if this is the only time that you feel it, you are missing out on the greatest privilege of your life because your house is your temple. I didn't pick him up at the house this morning and say, okay, whoop, go with me. Going to church and I'm not going to drop him off when I get home. No, it's 24-7. He's inside my temple, inside my house every day that I live. Yeah. Friday morning. I don't know, it's just one of those days my wife was keeping our grandchildren. I was here home. And I just got up. I just put on praise, worship, turn the news off. That's enough. And the song just started to play. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock where rivers of pleasure I see. I'm telling you, that song started playing and the glory of God come in the room. Something welled up inside of me in the privacy of my home. I just lifted my hands and just worshiped the Lord. It was just me and him in fellowship. There's nothing like that. There is no money, there is no education, there is no experience in this world like having Jesus come to your house in fellowship. Zacchaeus experienced that. He came to his house. All because he repositioned himself. And the last thing that Zacchaeus saw in the tree he saw the crowd. I believe he saw the crowd in a dimension that he had never seen them before. I believe he looked at them through eyes of compassion that he had never seen them in before. Let me tell you this morning, whatever it is that you came into this house with that you were dealing with, whatever your issue is, let me encourage you this morning to reposition yourself to see the Lord all through scripture, people have repositioned themselves and God done miraculous things in their life. Moses repositioned himself, an exile murderer. He had his own Spartacus moment. But no, it was when he humbled himself before a bush when God spoke to him that he led the nation of Israel in the greatest triumphant battles of their life. In the New Testament, a young woman had been hemorrhaging for years 
What did she do? There was another crowd, but she made up her mind. The crowd was not going to keep her away from Jesus. And what did she do? She repositioned herself just to touch the hem of his garment. And in that touch, instantly she was healed and made whole. When you reposition yourself to see him, he will bring joy and strength and healing to your life. There have been times in my life, and listen, I'm not, I'm not just talking to you this morning about something I read in a book. You say, oh, well, you're the bishop. That's all good. You never have a problem. I bleed red. And there are times in my life when I have had to reposition myself because by nature what I do I'm a type A personality. I have to fix things. It's just what happens. But there are times in life that God will bring you to the reality of who you really are. And there was a time went through a difficult situation like that. And I just thought, well, I'll fix this. Tried a time or two. No. And the Holy Spirit just said to me, you're going to trust me through this one, big boy. You're going to humble yourself and you're going to lean on me. And I'm telling you, through that experience of repositioning myself before the Lord and seeing him in a dimension that I had never seen him before, I had rather read your book and heard your testimony. But by repositioning myself and watching God work through that and seeing him get all the glory and all the, I can't stand here today and tell you I did it. But I can stand here today and tell you that when you reposition yourself, he will come and visit you and you will give him all the glory. You will give him all the praise and you will share that testimony with the world who needs to hear that there is hope and there is life in Jesus Christ. Now, what's in that box? Well, the team comes and I'll finish. Have you ever just been really hungry and wanted to get to your favorite restaurant to eat? I had that experience a few years ago. I've been away at a conference. I was traveling back home and uh, still a couple of hours away and there was something I wanted to eat. And you know, after about an hour, you get that on your mind, you can smell it coming through the vent. So I, I had about a two hour trip and I finally made it. Krispy Kreme. The red light was on. This is marriage supper stuff right here. I promise you it will be there. So I went in. I didn't buy one or two. I bought a whole dozen. Went back out to my car and I got some whole milk. I didn't get the skim milk. You don't eat Krispy Kreme with skim milk. Just go for it all. I went back out to the car. I put my head down in that box. They're delicious. And these are fresh too. 
After about four donuts, I promise you. My head's in the box. And that thought just ran across my mind. Is anybody watching me? Really? And I kind of just come up, kind of cut my eyes both directions. But here's the point, you know, I didn't care. I wanted a donut. And I've got 11 more right here. How many would like one? Put your, oh man, wow. I got 11 more. This is, this is a perfect illustration of what I'm talking about. What happened to the rest of you? You raised your hand. You wanted one. But you just sat there. You didn't reposition yourself. You didn't want it bad enough. You didn't want it bad enough to get up out of your seat and come and get one. So you didn't get one. It's the same way with what I'm talking about this morning. When you really want it and you want to reposition yourself in going after God and spending time in prayer with Him, it might mean you have to get up an hour earlier in the morning. You'll make it. It might mean you have to get up and study his word. You need to. But when you make your mind up, you're going to reposition yourself to go after God. I promise you. And listen, his box is never empty. It's never empty. It flows over and over and over and over. He keeps running over inside of you. If you got a donut, stand up right now. Stand up. Come on, stand up. Stand up. Come on. It's okay. You might, I'm, you've already swallowed them things. Okay, look at, look at who got one. Stand up. Look at the demographic of who got one. The vast majority of them are young. Why? Why do you think, why do you think every great awakening and every great revival that's taken place on the earth has been through a younger generation? Because they don't care what the older generation thinks. They just want to go hard after God and God rewards them for coming after him. Everybody stand to your feet, please. Maybe you came in this place, every head bowed and every eye closed right now. Maybe you come in this place this morning, you're like Zacchaeus. 
Maybe you're like Zacchaeus today. And maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus at all. And maybe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart and speaking to your life today. Just come and see him. Come see this man, Jesus. He can turn your life around. You do not have that relationship with him this morning, but this morning the Holy Spirit is wooing you like he wooed Zacchaeus, that you want to see him. That you want to experience him in your life. Would you just raise your hand right where you're standing this morning? Just, just raise it, put it up. It's okay. That's all I'm asking. Thank you. Your yeah, hands have gone up. Hands have gone up this morning. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you this morning. I want you to know this. Put the hands down now. I want you to know this morning that you can know. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. The numbers of the hairs on top of your head. He knows your greatest fear. He knows your greatest anxieties. And he has come to New Life House today to have a relationship with you. The Bible just simply says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. That's it. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell anybody. Just tell him. Receive him as the Lord of your life. Ask him to forgive you. Confess your sin. Believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead. And receive that by faith. I didn't see him die, but I know he died. And he rose again and he is alive today. Seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We're all going to pray this prayer together. I want you to pray after me. Everybody in the congregation. And if you raised your hand that you wanted to receive Jesus. I want you to know you can do it right where you're standing. Believe it in your heart. Confess it with your mouth. We're all going to say it together right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit that is drawing me to you. I confess that I have sinned. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I receive you as Lord of my life. I'm confessing with my mouth that you are Lord. I turn away from my sin today and receive you as Lord of my life. Help me to live for you from this moment forward. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. Receive me as I am. Now thank you, Jesus for receiving me and right now you are my Lord everybody now just give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that and here's what I'm going to ask you to do when the service is over I don't know the protocol here but I'm going to ask you as, as, as you go out or I want you to talk to pastor Talk, find somebody on the pastoral staff because what we want to do right now is for you, this is not just to be a, uh, just a moment that you forget when you go out the door. We want you to grow now. 
We want you to become a disciple of the Lord, a Christ follower, a disciple that you can live for him from this moment on. Amen. Now, others of you this morning, you would say with me, the Holy Spirit's spoken to me. I don't fully understand the future. I don't know, but I sense the wooing of the Holy Spirit for the Lord. He's drawing me to something. I don't know what it is. I don't know where I'm going, but I feel the Lord calling me to draw near to him this morning. It's unusual, something unusual. I feel it in my own life, in my own heart. I don't know what's out there, but I know I want to be ready when it comes. I want to be sensitive to what the Lord says, that I can hear his voice. You, you would just say that with me today. Just, just raise your hand. Just raise it up. Yeah, put it up all over. That's fine. That's fine. Now, what you do with, with your eyes closed, just raise up the other hand and let's, let's commit that to the Lord. Lord, you see the hands that have gone up. You see the hearts. We know that you are calling them. You're wooing them. The Holy Spirit is speaking to all of us to prepare ourselves, to get ready, to humble ourselves before you, that you might use us in the kingdom, that you, you might use us greatly in these last few days that we have to work for you to win men and women to Jesus Christ. I pray you would touch them today. Give them the resolve. Give them the resolve to move towards you, to do something specific that they have not been doing to get up early and seek your face, to study your word. Give it, give it resolve, determination to do it. And we know that you will meet them. Holy Spirit, wake them up in the middle of the night if you have to. Cause them to fall on their face before you. And when they do, that the very gates of hell begin to shake. The chains begin to fall off of people's lives that are around them. That you receive honor you receive glory in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Put your hands together this morning. God bless you. If you were challenged and are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you find us. To experience other messages, videos, and live events, visit us online at newlifecanton.com. And again, thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast.